Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Cap Rack. Uh, it's going to be a my goal is a 10 minute or less episode every single day, giving you guys the sports betting rundown for the day. Um, it's going to be me solo, but today to, um, for the special UFC 251, I believe, is it? One, that's right. 251. All right, I'm joined by Giorgio Cordis, friend from Monmouth University. And That's we're right. going to be That's pretty right, much dude. going through the main card. Want to say hello to the people? Yeah, man, I'm so excited about this. I know uh, I probably seven text messages. I was like, dude, you got to have me on. I'm so excited for this weekend. This is one of the best cards that we've seen. There's three title fights. And then we have uh, two fights that are that could be posed as fight night fights. Like these are just... I've never seen a card this stacked since maybe the McGregor card in January when we had guys like O'Malley in there. But even then, I think this is just one of the best cards that we've seen in like a long, long time. I would pay double what I'm about to pay on Saturday to watch this from home. I'm excited, yeah. dude. No, I, I'm with you there. All right. So we have what? You said three title fights. Um, so right. the main event, obviously, it's was supposed to be Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns, but obviously they, uh, Burns tested positive for the coronavirus, so he never made the trip to Abu Dhabi. Um, and of course, That's Jorge right. Masvidal's got to be there on Twitter, just barking and barking and barking at Dana White to get him in that fight. Yeah. And as of right now, we're recording this on Thursday night. He's passed three coronavirus tests, um, all came back negative, and mm-hmm. I think he has yeah. to have one more test to be able to fight Usman on Saturday. Yeah, um, he's got to get a few more tests. Dude, I mean, yeah, the way this played out was insane. Did you watch the Gilbert, uh, Gilbert's last fight? When yeah, he he's fought, a maniac. Uh, Tyron Woodley? Yeah, oh, my Lord. Right after, that was, I think, the fight night after um, Anthony Smith, where they were having all these underdogs win, and then here comes Gilbert Burns, dude. He absolutely dogged Ronnie, and he... he Put on a performance, taking out number one in the in the division, and then tests positive for uh, for COVID. And then, I mean, dude, this is like. And then the way this turns out, I heard the UF out to Jorge in this occasion, and it just played out perfect. Jorge wasn't happy with the money he was going to be making, which scared the shit out of me. He's like the last star in the sport, and then they reach out to him and they get him back in, which is awesome. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I just smacked my mic. Um... <laughs> yeah, I was excited to watch the uh, Burns versus Usman just because it's like two completely different styles. Like when you have a guy like Burns with the mm-hmm. Brazilian jiu-jitsu that he has, he can literally take you to the ra- take you to the mat once and keep you there for the entire round and just control you and control you and control you. And that's what he did to Woodley. Um, so it would have been an oh interesting God, matchup yeah. stylistically um, against Usman. But yep, he's got a freak like Jorge Masvidal coming at him this time. So we're gonna see what happens. Dude, I mean, yeah, that's the thing with, with Gilbert Burns. I know we're, we're focusing on the card for Saturday, but it, it would be like a shame if we almost didn't talk about him. He, uh, he has a similar fight style to almost someone like Khabib where he's such a threat to yep. take you to the ground. What he'll do is he'll, he'll do that a few times, and then he'll shoot the takedown and throw this looping overhand right, which is exactly with, uh, what Khabib caught McGregor with in that one fight where McGregor got dropped. That's exactly what he did to Tyron Woodley, which was crazy to see. So who knows how that would have yeah. played out against uh, Kamara Usman. But you got to imagine he's going to get the winner about of that. this fight. 
most likely. Most likely. And uh, I mean, yeah, what, what do you think about, do you want to start with the, with the main card? Do you, I mean, uh, the main event, or do you want to start at the bottom? Where do you want to start Let's, on this card? I say we go bottom down or bottom up. So we can start bottom with up. Um, a women's flyweight bout. Amanda Rebus uh, coming in nine and one, taking on Paige Van Zant. And I know we we're talking about this before, but Paige Van Zant is in the last fight of her uh, UFC uh, contract. She hasn't fought in yep. what, like a, almost a year and a half at this point. Um, you have Rebus as, at yep, a minus 900 favorite. Um, Van Zant at plus 600. What do you have on this one? Mm-hmm. Dude, I we were talking about this before the show a little bit. I would be extremely scared to throw this in a parlay with the rest of the main card. I would just bet on the straight, and I might even bet on Paige. I think that Amanda looks amazing. She's minus 900. I mean, Paige is plus 600 here. So, I mean, come on. Like, there, there's a reason the stats are like that, or the, the odds, rather. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I heard someone say this recently in an interview. Um, Paige is not going to want to leave her UFC career on a loss. I mean, she's mm-hmm. an awesome fighter. Like, she's – the reason she got to where she is fame-wise – going to Dancing with the Stars and, you know, all these different things she's done and making more money outside of the UFC than in the UFC is because she was awesome at what she did. She's nine and four, right? Yeah. Yep. Nine and four. And uh, yeah. And she, dude, I mean, she is an awesome athlete. I don't think she's going to want to leave with a loss, obviously. And dude, she's going all the way to Abu Dhabi. I just might bet straight on this. I'm going to leave it out of the rest of what I got going on. I don't know if you agree with that kind of logic there. Yeah, I mean, look, it's at with the odds the way they are, it's definitely like a dogger pass fight for me. I'm not gonna lay minus nine hundred on Amanda Rebus. Um, she on paper, she's the better all around fighter. Um, and mm-hmm. Zant has been out of the sport for a year and a half, like I mentioned. And I mean, on the topic of Abu Dhabi, which obviously Fight Island is in Abu Dhabi, um, we were talking about yep. this again this morning. The fights are going to be the prelims start at two a.m. local time. Now, how do you think that has an impact on, on these guys? How about this? I mean, like, when Corona started, you know, uh, the big thing that they were getting used to was, like, no, no crowd. Some guys fought in the Ultimate Fighter, you know, series where there was already no crowd. Guys like Sean O'Malley, they excel in an, in an environment like that. Some other guys, they love that kind of thing. Mike Perry's freaking lunatic, so he loves that stuff too. But now you have no crowd. Not only that, dude, they took uh, – they're taking five corona. They're quarantined in Nevada. Then they got quarantined in Abu Dhabi. Now they're fighting. Like, how much can you throw at these people? So yeah. it's like everyone that's there, like, wants to be for the most part, or they have to be there financially. I mean, and then the prelims starting at 2 a.m., do you sleep before that? Or do you just say, like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to get used to staying up late. How about the guys fighting at 4 a.m. that time? Yeah. Five. Dude, that's nuts. I got to imagine it's all part of the fight camp. Like, obviously, I've never been a professional fighter before, but, like, yeah. uh, leading up to it, it's there's got to be some sleep adjustment kind of period in there for them, and especially the second they get on the island. They have to be flipping that schedule completely in the opposite direction because, like, the main event is going to be taking place at 7 o'clock. Yep. Yep, that's where, uh, that's where our buddy, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, what's-his-face, Jorge takes the title. But I hope so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wonder how much that's going to affect the rest of the card. I mean, especially Jorge taking the fight on short notice, cutting. I mean, we'll leave that for that conversation. But I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, in this, 
I think it's pretty easy to say just I wouldn't put too much money down on the fight. <laughs> no. It might be one of those crazy upsets. But, I mean, I don't know. I would leave it out of a parlay. if That's, that's my uh, educated gambler's advice, I guess you could say. I would agree but with that. But who knows? Yeah. And we were talking about this before. I mean, the favorites on this card, minus 900 in the fifth fight. Uh, what do we got here? Minus 200 in the fourth fight. Minus 240 in the third fight. Minus 220 and then minus 230. I mean, yep. do you think they're all going to go that the odds, you know, the odd gods have like predicted or what? So I feel like UFC is a sport where the underdog is a lot more live than they would be in like football, especially at these levels. Like, for example, like, let's move on to the next fight, like Jessica Andrade at plus 175 as the underdog. Like Jessica Andrade yep. is completely capable of winning this fight. Um, she did already beat Rose Namajunas last time they fought with the ridiculous body yep. slam knockout. Like never seen anything <laughs> like that. Um, I, I honestly haven't in a while. Like, but that's long- that's the thing with these because these fighters can just like it, it's literally human versus human, and they're all extremely talented. To the point where if somebody wants it bad enough and you can land that one strike, you you can come out as a very live dog. Like, anything is possible here. Like, obviously, there's a lot more skill to it. But it's just – like, for example, like, why is Andrade plus 175 here? She won the last fight. She did, but if you you rewatch that fight, Rose was winning all the way up until she lost. I mean, she was really putting on a clinic. She looked awesome in that fight. And then what she did was she made a – this is why style makes fights because you're going against um, – if I'm not mistaken, Andrade is what Brazilian, right? So she's got to be yeah. a master in, you know, grappling just by so. nature. Right. And so what happened was Rose went for uh, – what is that called? Uh, Kamara or something? A, Kimura, a, yeah. Some sort of hold, right? Kamara, mm-hmm. thank you. And uh, the first time she did that, if you watch how she got slammed, she got so lucky in the first round to get slammed by Andrade on her legs. Then she was a, a little bit silly enough to go for it again in the second round. And she that's where she got, you know, dropped exactly. off on her head, knocked out. And, I mean, I'm assuming if I'm an odds maker, I'm like, is that going to happen again? Probably not. Could it? I would agree. Yes. But Rose looks awesome going into this fight. She really does. Without a doubt. Um, also, yeah, I mean, if I had to bet on this one, it'd probably go with Rose. Just – Strictly based off the fact that she's A, younger, B, like you said, she controlled a majority of the fight before, and yes. Andrash pretty much just stole that, but that's that's just going back to how underdogs can just play a completely huge spoiler effect and just absolutely wreck your card. Insane. And, I mean, you have to think about what happened after the last fight that they uh, were in. Rose lost to her, obviously, in Brazil. And happened was Andrade went to go fight Wei Li over uh, on foreign territory again, and mm-hmm. uh, and and lost by knockout if I'm not mistaken. So they're both coming off losses here. I mean, one is a loss to Andrade, and then Andrade lost the title. So the title's mm-hmm. been passed. This fight is yeah. really for like, okay, like who really should go and fight? You know, the the champion of that division. So it's, I'm actually like really excited for that. That could have been a fight night on its own main event, but that's the fact that I love the UFC. Is awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, moving on. So the first of the three 
title fights of the night. We have Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo. This is the bantamweight title bout. Um, pretty much opportunity created because Henry Cejudo decided to just take a W and walk away from the sport, which I'll never understand. But yeah, I, this is Did why we have this that fight. Live that night? Yeah, I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, I know Dana White probably had a clue it was coming, but, like, it, I don't know. But I don't blame the guy. He did what he wanted to do, and that's it. But now we have Jose Aldo fighting for a bantamweight fight at 35 years old. So, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's older. He's either 33, 34, or 35. He looks older than he is. Yeah, he's he's in his – yeah. Right, there we go. He's getting into his uh, 30s, right? So as a UFC fighter, once you cross that, like, 34 mark, it gets it all usually yeah. starts going downhill. But, exactly. I mean, unless you're, unless you're Alexander Overeem. But, dude, like, taking a step back, this division right now, I mean, dude, this is the same division that uh, Stammen is in, Cody Stammen, who put yep. an awesome performance on after losing his brother in that last fight. Dude, he mm-hmm. dogged uh, whoever's opponent was, I forget, in that fight. Um, we got Sean O'Malley in this division, undefeated yep. in the UFC, like, dude, knockout artist. And then we got guys like, dude, Aljamain Sterling just moved up to number three or number two or something like that when he just well, he jumped had a great on uh, that guy's back and did a – oh, my God. It, it was insane. So, I mean, yep. just taking a step back, like, the, this division is going to be insane no matter what. If it comes down to it, dude, Peter Yan is – or Yan, rather – uh, by the way, his name is P E P R, like P Per, like yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, he's fourteen and one. He has no losses in the UFC. He won his last six. And then looking at Aldo, ever since he lost to McGregor, he's been knocked out three times, and he's three and five, dude. Yeah, I, look, I I'm not high on him right now. Like he's almost like no. I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a gatekeeper in a sense, just because gatekeeper is a term traditionally used just for younger guys trying to break into the sport and it's basically like, hey, all right, here's a rite of passage. Like, go out and beat, um, I don't know, Uriah Faber, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah, I speaking of saying. Uriah Faber, Peter Yan beat Uriah Faber in his <laughs> last fight at, um, I believe nasty. it was at the Prudential Center, no? I, I don't know where it was. It was Usman um, versus Covington, UFC 245. Maybe it wasn't at the Prudential Center. Oh, um, he was on that card? Yeah, the Usman versus Covington card um, back oh, in December. Oh, that, I, was at the, that was at the arena in, in Vegas. But he knocked out Uriah Faber in the third round. It was so, so like, I mean, I don't know. Man. And he was talking to him, too. He's a crazy guy. Um I don't know if you've been in these UFC vlogs and everything, but it, it kind of gives you a little bit more of like a uh, a feeling of like how people are preparing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I like the way that Peter Peter Yan looks going into this. I think that it's, I mean, the odds makers did a good job here. I think that it's pretty easy to see. Most likely Peter Yan takes this and, you know, all the moves to three and six in his last nine. So not much to really talk about, I guess. Yeah, look, I, it's just – it's going to be a striker fight, and I just think Jan is more active and will be able to just wear Aldo down. I just he he lost he's lost it at this point, and maybe he'll prove us wrong because Jan isn't necessarily proven, but he definitely deserves yep. this title fight. So we'll see what happens. I would be shocked if Peter lost that fight, but then I don't again, dude, I don't think he will. Well, I would right, bet so money. I'm gonna, yeah. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say I, I would bet straight on that also. I, even, even though it's minus 240, yeah. I would bet, you know, more, more than I normally would on a, on a regular fight. I feel very good about that fight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, he's going to have to get in there because looking at the stats here, um, both guys are 5'7". Aldo has a three-inch reach advantage. Um, okay. But Jan lands 5.6 significant strikes um, per minute, while Aldo lands 3.47. Um, Jan's a little bit more accurate. Um, and he's got the advantage. His takedown average is 1.73. Well, Aldo's is a point six four. Um, How's Aldo's so, takedown defense? Um, is his takedown it, is defense? I could find it. Um, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I I, I think I got to imagine it's, it's got to be because you don't get to where he is without it being good. Um, but his takedown yeah. defense, I don't 65%. think five percent. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Uh, ninety-one percent. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Okay, that sounds yeah. more accurate. Um, so, uh, I, I don't think, think it's going to go to the ground. Yeah, it's I not agree. going five rounds. I'll tell you that much. Um, no I think, I think, uh, it, as that one McGregor song goes, Aldo goes to sleep. He's he's going to go to sleep a little bit early. He's going to, you know, he's going to be going to sleep around what is that six a.m. in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> if I had to take a prop bet here, I would probably take. Jan by knockout in the second round. Really? Second round, huh? I'd, second I round say, or maybe early in the third. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would go further maybe late third. Late third. I don't know about the fourth round, but I'd feel pretty comfortable placing a straight bet on Jan by knockout. Just to yeah. increase some odds and also it's pretty – I mean, it's not going to go five rounds. I really would be shocked if it did. Well, he's also never fought five rounds. That's the thing. Aldo has. So that's another wow. thing to well, yeah. think about here. Interesting. But look, huh. like we're saying, we're probably not going to go five rounds anyway, so he's going to want to end that early. Saying that Jan has never been in a five-round fight or he's been in five-round fights and knocked he people hasn't. out before the five rounds is over. He's never oh, been in a five-round fight, at least in the UFC at least. But – yeah. Uh, wow, that's actually pretty interesting that they put him at minus 240 then because a lot of guys lose like that. I'm not saying that Jan will, but a lot of guys go into a title fight with an experienced guy like Aldo, and they'll lose just because they're not used to five rounds if they get to the fourth and yeah, fifth. Yeah, it's the but truth. I'm sure he's been preparing for that. Yeah. Without a interesting. doubt. All right, moving on not to cool. the – you can call this a co-main. I don't know if they're calling it a co-main, but uh, Alexander Volkanovsky uh, versus Max Holloway. Is it a co-main? Yeah. I think it is. I, I'm surprised I don't know that just off the top of my head. Um, I think Regardless, it is a co-main yeah. event. Yeah. It doesn't I matter. Mean, we, can, we can call it a co-main. Yeah. Um, they got Holloway at plus 185. Uh, Volkanovski at minus 220. Uh, so this is a rematch. So their last yeah. fight was obviously they fought each other. And um, – if you rewatch that fight, it's it's very clear that Volkanovski win. Uh, mm -hmm. He won that fight, and just kind of going off of that, like Holloway does not look good going into this fight. He's got a bad attitude. He's really like complaining, saying that he won the last fight. I mean, in all of the uh, press that he's doing, he's hanging out. He's eating whatever he wants. He hasn't sparred this whole training camp. I mean. 
that's extremely ballsy. And when I watched an interview with Volkanovsky today, his nose was marked up. He's been preparing. He's, he's sparring in the hallway. This guy's in it. This is an extremely yeah. clear win for Volkanovsky to me. I mean, I, I, I agree I, with you. I would be. Yeah. yeah. Look, I um, bet on Holloway in the last fight. And obviously oh, wow. I was disappointed because Volkanovsky won. But just yeah. after rewatching that fight, it, you can almost just tell how much Volkanovsky just com- controlled him. He stays tight to his body like this. He plays extremely good defense on his feet. And then mm-hmm. his counters are pristine. Like, he does, he, he'll take one, two oh, yeah. shots, fire back, and his third shot that he returns is stronger than the first two combined that he just absorbed. And, and he's, I feel like he's just like a little oh, yeah. bulldozer. Not- like, he'll, he'll stand in there with you and he'll go. He's got the chin of a friggin' maniac, so he'll he'll oh give Holloway another yeah. run for his money here. I, I, yeah, the thing is, uh, Volkanovski's on an eight-fight win streak in the UFC right now, and um, 2013 was his last loss. It's 2020. That was seven years ago. I mean, yeah. obviously, win streaks are meant to be broken, right? Like, I mean, you see that happen. How long? How long? I think I read something that he's actually on an 18-fight win streak or something crazy like that. I don't know how that's possible. but oh, This um, is another guy with a win against Aldo. Who? Volkanovski? Oh, Volkanovski. that's right. He has fought Aldo in the past. Yeah. Yep, because Aldo used to be in that division, and then he started cutting down an extra yep. weight class. Yeah, yes. It's funny. When you look at some of these things, like even in the uh, in the in the bottom two over here, there, there's some crossover. They fought each other before. I forget oh, yeah. where and when. Um, it was yeah, man, 237. I mean, also, Namajunas versus Andrade that night. Yep, yep. Which is like, it's like crazy. You think you like you fought someone and then you're gonna see them fight again. And are you friendly? Probably. But um, yeah. dude, I, I saw um, I saw something today where Volkanovski. I I I made sure I wrote this down. I was scrolling through Instagram, and Volkanovski. Uh, what is this weight division? 145. He used to weigh 219 at one point. He yeah. played rugby. He's from he's an Australia guy. Dude, you should see what this guy looked like at 219. What yeah. how tall is he? 5'7, 5'6, 5'7? 5'6 here. I yeah. mean, dude. But the thing here. Stick. What you, say it again? Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, what do you weigh? I weigh 190 right now, and I'm five eight and three quarters. I'm like just <laughs> barely touching 170. Can you imagine being? I don't know how. What I don't understand is how these guys can look what they look look like what they look like at 145. Like I, I can't imagine being that built and being oh. 25 pounds lighter than I am now because I'm like very average size. Like I, I'm not yeah. not big. I'm not like super skinny, but like I, I can't imagine being that built at 145. You gotta have no body fat on your body. Yeah. It's crazy too because even um, even Holloway like he at one forty five he just looks like a normal dude and he looks like he I mean he's he's not jacked mm-hmm. by any means right but I mean he looks like and what does he have like a three or four inch height advantage on Volkanovski but I think Volkanovski if, if five not, inch height height five inch height advantage two inch reach more for Volkanovski isn't that insane Volkanovski's five six. How do you have more reach than a guy at 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and you're 5'6"? This guy's a freak of nature, dude. I mean, come on. It doesn't make sense. That's insane. It literally does not make sense. Um, also, I mean, by nature, Holloway's a late-round fighter, similar like Nate Diaz. Yeah. So he gets slow starts. 
that's not going to work with a guy like Volkanovski. Well, that's why he I mean, lost against Volkanovski last time is because Volkanovski arguably took one, two, and three, and there was no way Holloway yeah. could have won that without finishing him, and Volkanovski's not going to get finished. That's the problem. I, yeah, I think I, 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 I would even argue four, but yes, like one, two, and three, no, no problems, no questions asked. I mean, dude, yeah. like you look at fighters like Holloway who get started late. How does that work out? Look at, you know, Cowboy. Cowboy's a late starter. Look what yep. happened when he fought McGregor. Look at his last whatever fights. He's on like a four-fight lose streak. You can't do that, man. That's true. Against this new generation, especially guys, you know, your same age or younger because they're both 28, I think. That does not work. I know. So, I mean, it's Volkanovski all the way for me. I think you're in agreement with me there. 100%. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking I of guys that – I just saw Max Holloway swimming. Swimming? He, like, that was the last thing I was gonna say. When, yeah, like he he was like walking. And he was, What's up, man? And like he's got you know he's you know he's a Hawaiian dude. He's enjoying the outdoors. Like he probably feels like he's in Hawaii. He's like swimming in the you know the water by the the cage. Like, come on, man. The, the other guy's sparring. He's like, yeah, he's gonna get clapped. It's gonna be. Oh man. All right. So I mean, quite the opposite of a Holloway slow starter in this fight. We have a guy in Jorge Masvidal taking on Kamaru Usman on short notice. Um, we saw Masvidal in five seconds put a knee right through Ben Askren's cheek. Yeah. Just paralyze him for about ten seconds on the ground like a dead I fish. Love I mean, about that. Ben Askren's a funny dude. I don't want to deviate from the thing. topic, but Ben Askren is a funny dude on Twitter, at least. Oh yeah. The I know you day, like he, him. He tweeted something like, uh, he's like, great, now that Masvidal's fighting, I have to relive the worst moment of my life on Twitter every single time I refresh. <laughs> and it was the one-year anniversary. So it was like double trouble. It was like your birthday and Christmas. Like you're getting double presents. Like, dude, oh, yeah. it was literally the one-year one year anniversary. And, you know, Masvidal's fighting Saturday. So they're going to, you know, talk about it. But, um, yeah, he, he's, he's won his last however many. He he. He beat up uh, Darren Till. That was a good fight. That was a really yep. good fight. And it could have – it was about to go to kill because Jorge actually got dropped, which is rare to see. And then he got back up and just put uh, put Darren to sleep. Then we had Askren. Then we saw Nate Diaz, which is kind of interesting. I wanted to talk to you about that fight because okay. the way that I see, like, this whole landscape of the UFC going is – you know, everybody's compared to McGregor, right? Because McGregor is really the guy that brought this, you know, company to new, you know, heights. I mean, I'll be honest, dude. I'm a, I'm a McGregor fanboy. You know what I mean? I'm the, that's yeah. the reason I got into the sport. A lot of people, you know, I started boxing because of him. And, I, and a lot of people just are extremely infatuated with him as a person. Is this yeah. like the next McGregor? You think that, you know, do you get that vibe in a different so, way though? In a different way, yeah. No, I can see where you're coming from there, but definitely in a different way. Like uh, he's he's getting up there. Like he beat Wonder Boy, or he lost to Wonder Boy Thompson, and then beat Darren Till, beat Ben Askin, beat Nate Diaz. Like he's getting up there in competition. And I think, I mean, like you mentioned this before. I think if he can beat Usman, he can definitely be put on the map. And I I think he deserves to get paid if this is the case. I agree with but that. Yeah, for sure. And um. I mean, there's there's similarities to McGregor and differences, right? I mean, this is like street street Jesus versus the notorious, like completely different people. And people yeah. are attracted to Jorge because of his honesty. And I mean, he came from the streets of Miami. I mean, one thing that's pretty interesting, 
and does not scare me about this fight uh, relating to Jorge is one of Jorge's first fights when he was 16 years old was a street fight where he was in the McDonald's uh, drive through weight line and he got a call from, uh, I don't know if Kimbo Slice was running it at that time, but someone who ran it, the backyard street stuff. And uh, they were like, yo, like, you're fighting, like, come fight today. So, I mean, obviously, there's no weight cutting involved and stuff like that. There's other, you know, you're not flying to Abu Dhabi. You're driving yeah. to a backyard in Miami. Totally different. But this is a guy who thrives for moments like this. Yeah, without a doubt. Look, I yeah. If you know how to fight, you know how to fight. You can only prepare so much. And I, obviously, I'm not going to downplay the, pre the preparation that goes into these fights because we saw, like, yeah. Masvidal's knee was essentially scripted against Ben Askren. Like, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He doesn't have much time to do that this yep. time. Um, yeah. But, look, it, it, you don't call yourself BMF for no reason. You better get in the freaking cage and go for it. Like, you, yep. you're going to be ready if you call yourself that. And... Look, I know Usman is really, really good, but he doesn't excite me. Like, he doesn't have that, like, wow factor to the point where I'm extremely confident in him. I, I don't know. I feel like I might be silly for going that route here, but, like, when, I'm, no, when we're, I think we're of the aggression, fan. like, not even a fan. Like, it's not that I don't like Kamaru Usman because you have no reason not to like the guy. It's just when you think of excitement and, like, just very bare-bones basic, like, who's going to win this fight and you take attitude skill into consideration like it looks like Masvidal to me but obviously the odds don't like reflect that at all sure like, it short notice affects Usman just as much as it affects Masvidal as, aside from Extremely cardio but important. I got to imagine that Masvidal is in shape he he has been in shape he's been doing a lot of spike ball which I don't know if you ever played spike ball after 10 minutes <laughs> like it's probably one of the hardest workouts and that's a good you like ufc mma workout i mean but mm -hmm. taking a step back from that we were just talking about you know like yeah kamaru usman is not the most exciting guy but that doesn't mean sleep on him at all look no. at khabib i mean he's a guy who's undefeated in the ufc and might be considered one of the most like to some boring champions of all time until he got involved with mcgregor i mean really the reason he got on the radar was because he was fighting mcgregor and had that big beef with him. Other than that, I yeah. mean, he's just a super straightforward guy, extremely religious, and it's sad to say, but that doesn't excite a lot of people. And oh, it's, it's to draw dream. the parallel here, yeah, and I mean, you look at Kamaru Usman, extremely, for the most part, respectful, quiet, um, you know, just mm -hmm. kind of a normal guy. And yeah. a lot of fans don't like to see that. So that, that's what I'm saying. The fan in us is showing, like, obviously people are drawn to Jorge Masvidal but that doesn't mean he's going to win, right? And you brought up a good point. You said, hey, look, like this is just as much a big deal for Camaro as it is for Jorge. Look, Camaro has been training for Gilbert Mendez. That's a guy who goes for takedowns and throw, throws overhand rights. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Gilbert Burns, thank you. Um, is a guy who goes for the takedowns and throws overhand rights and has a totally different fight style than, uh, than our buddy Jorge over here. This is yeah. a street fighter, like on six days notice. So he's yeah. in shape, but does, you know, the whole game plan changes. So I, I give respect to Kamaro for that. No, 100%. He just doesn't, it's he's not like, for him. aside from Colby Covington in his last fight, he hasn't shown that he can knock out like the big guns. And Masvidal has the chin to withstand five rounds and to go in there and just absolutely brawl and be a street fighter, like you mentioned. So like, 
Yep. I don't know. I just feel like Masvidal is going to give himself a lot more chances to win this. And he's a good wrestler. He can get on the ground. He can scrap with you. So, I don't know. 100%. Yeah. This is a fight. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. No, just speaking on the wrestling, Masvidal's been wrestling with uh, Penn State's number one wrestler recently. I don't know if he lives in the Miami area or how they set that up, but he's been really, I don't know if it's by chance, but just focusing on his wrestling, right? So I'm sure if this fight goes to the ground, Kamaro obviously has the dominant wrestling in this this matchup. But I think that if he's training with this Penn State guy like I've heard he is, he'll be able to get up and treat it back to a, you know, a, a street fight and get it back where it should be, which is on the feet for this fight. Without a doubt. Yeah, look, this is enough for me to take Masvidal in this. With these odds, I just think that he's a live dog here. He's a live player, and he can get in there and he can win this fight, whether it's by decision. I, I don't know if Usman's ever been finished, but, I mean, look, that's uh, not going to be my number one choice here. He's got one loss. I don't know if he got knocked out. I, I doubt think it. it. I think it actually was. You can correct me. Actually, we should probably look that up. I'm going to look it up right now. It was a knockout, and it was a while ago. Uh, submission in 2013. Oh, and submission. It wasn't, it wasn't in the it UFC was a, it was either. Finish. He didn't go. Got it. Interesting. But look, regardless, like, I don't know. Plus 240 is enough for me to put my money on Masvidal here because I'm not taking minus 300 against Jorge Masvidal. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to see me doing that. Yeah, and there's a certain there's a certain part of after you watch UFC for a decent amount of time and just being a like educated fan, there's a certain part of the non tangibles that play a part too. Things like you know watching these videos prior to the fights, seeing how they walk out. You can yep. I don't know if you've ever done this, but you change a bet. Like I remember Cody Garbrandt's last fight. I was betting on the other guy because some you know website told me to. I saw the way that guy walked out. You get an intuition. You see how he walks out. You're like that guy's gonna knock whoever out and yep. it switched the bet immediately saved my night but dude i mean like there's something going on here did you see the elevator incident between uh jorge and camaro where i don't think so no if you haven't already i'm gonna oh i gotta show you this i don't have it up and ready but i wish that we could get that like thrown up we'll get there eventually but um jorge is walking into an elevator oh you can, you're gonna pull it up perfect essentially well, i can't pull it up on jorge the stream walks, but so you can see it I'll be able to um, see it. And just for, perfect. For the people listening, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Jorge walks into an elevator in Abu Dhabi, face mask on. He clearly cannot see Kamara Usman. He walks into this elevator. The next elevator over, Kamara walks out and sees Jorge and clearly diverts his attention to avoid him. Now, they were also having beef the last time they saw each other, saying, oh, you won't mess me up, you won't F me up, blah, 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 to each other. And Camaro looked petrified when he saw Jorge in the flesh when you walk out of an elevator. This is such a funny picture. I, I, I can't, I can't it. find the video here. I can, I'll put it up in the video. I'll put, I'll put the picture up. Um, I'm I think sure this is hilarious just I'll, because it I'm looks like it's straight out right of a now. movie. It, it literally looks like it's straight out of a movie. It's actually insane. It's on uh, this is wild. for the people. For the people watching, if Memi Uncensored or should, because um, they, they cover most of the, you know, I guess you could call it gossip going on with the UFC, but that's where I woke up this morning and I think I saw it. I'll send it to you. But right, I think um, I got it here. A little Let's things. See. Go ahead. 
no, that's it. I mean, there's just things like that, like, you know. So to me, that was a pretty tall tale sign that, uh, you know, that somebody wants to fight and somebody doesn't want to. I agree. So we'll see how that plays out. I hope so. Any final thoughts? Yeah. No, I mean, kind of reviewing this, going into this. Um, I'm, I mean, we went over this already, but I would leave. If I was going to do a parlay here, I would probably throw Rose in it. I'd throw a finish with Jan in there. I'd throw Volkanovsky in there. Um, I wouldn't make that a finish just to play it safe. And then I would go with Masvidal as the underdog to win that. I think that's a pretty, like, you know, educated MMA fan safe way yeah. to go about this. Now, who knows what's going to happen? There's been so many upsets since all of this, you know, COVID has started. Anthony Smith, you know, mm-hmm. got completely dogged in that fight. I mean, we watched Tyron Woodley get dogged also. It, there was about five main fights in a row. Where, but, I mean, look, I, I, I think that, you know, I think that we, we've talked about mostly everything. But, but like I said, I would leave Paige Van Zandt out of parlays. I would bet on yeah. that straight, whatever you're feeling, see how they walk out. And then um, I would do a little parlay action and then do twos, two parlays with each other. And then I would Jorge Masvidal. If you're going to bet on him, I'd bet straight. And maybe you're going to have a few drinks by that point. It's going to be like probably 1230 in the morning. You know, maybe throw a little extra money on him, throw an extra 20 or 50 straight and thank us later. There you go. No, I'm in agreement with you. I really don't have any other picks here. Like I would go, I'd go Van Zant straight. I would probably do maybe a little parlay with like Namajunas, um, Jan, and Volkanovski for like a lit, probably like a what, plus 200 payout maybe. Um, and then Masvidal straight. That's really what I have. I'll be writing right. a blog and putting it up on the site. Um, just pretty much everything we talked about summed up into writing form, I guess. Just easy shorthand for you guys. Um, the Caps on Sports Twitter, which is at Caps on Sports, um, will be live tweeting the entire event um, as usual. Um, and as for the Cap Rack podcast, this was the first episode. Um, it's something I plan to do 10 minutes a day every single morning, just running down through MLB, the NBA, depending on what sports are going on. Obviously, everything has been kind of tossed upside down. Like we're going to have the MLB and the NBA regular seasons, well, not the regular season for the NBA, but kind of their little playoff tournament, but it's going to be going on at the same time. And we don't really have that. So I'm going to go run through every single thing, try to keep it as close to 10 minutes or under just to give you guys or save you guys the trouble of pretty much going through all these random articles from random people and just take all the fat off and just give you the lean information that you need to know to make a decision. And if you want to research stuff some more, um, you'll be able to do that. So um, keep an eye out for that. I'm looking at doing that maybe two weeks from now when the baseball season starts. So um, I don't really have an outro here, but this is the cap rack. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for, I can't really say tomorrow's episode because there's no episode tomorrow, but stay tuned for more sports and we'll be back. Awesome.